Michael Jackson, they don't really care about us. His most controversial song, they say. Uh, it was They wanted to ban his filming of the music video. They were doing it in, um, in Brazil. Uh, and they wanted to ban all production over fears the video would damage the image, area, and prospects of Rio stage in the 2004 Olympics. The residents gave it a thumbs up because he was raising their awareness, really. But yeah, it, it didn't get to number one on all the charts, like most of his songs. He was number one in Germany and Hungary in the Czech Republic. But otherwise, it was just sort of bubbling under. But yeah, it was also deemed anti-Semitic. There were some words in there that uh, they changed. Originally, it had some words that people thought might be anti-Semitic. Michael Jackson said that the lyrics could be deemed objectionable, is extremely hurtful to me and misleading. The song is, in fact, about the pain of prejudice and hate, is a way to draw attention to social and political problems. But they did change the lyrics. What does that say about the song? But yeah, it is a very controversial song, but also one that changed the world a little bit. They don't really care about us, Michael Jackson. Coming up in a moment, we're talking to the SA Hockey's vice captain. Stay close. Sport Tracks on SAFM with John Kariga. With John, John, John Kariga. Always a pleasure for me to speak to Pomelelo Mbande, the goalkeeper and vice-captain of the South African Women's Proteas hockey side. Pomelelo, good chatting to you again. How's it going? Awesome being here, John. Very happy, thank you. Quite excited coming back from Afcon. So I was going to say, welcome back from Ghana. Thank you very much. Good to be back. What, what's it like traveling through Africa at the moment with all the restrictions and the travel and, and all those things you guys are having to go through? Um, to be honest, this, this turn wasn't too bad because we went through the Tokyo process. That was quite a lot, like a lot of testing in the build-up. Mm-hmm. Um, to get to Ghana, we just had to do, we did three PCR tests, um, the last one being 72 hours before we flew. And then when we got there, we did a, um, another PCR when we landed, and then we did another PCR before we came back. So it wasn't too bad. And the airports are busy now, so definitely okay. we definitely on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like you're the bringer of great news all the time. I love talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we're able to come back with good news, especially from this tournament. <laughs> yes, winning, beating the hosts three-one in the final. Congratulations! Thank you very much. It was quite a different crowd, um, different than what we used to, but really, really pleased that we were able to secure. Um, I'll win and come back with the gold. Unbeaten at the Nations Cup since 1994, this team that you have that you've been part of. Um, that's what three, three, four generations of women that have come through that team and remain unbeaten. Yeah, and then to go down one 0 and think about breaking that legacy is quite stressful. <laughs> um, but yeah, really, really happy. Um, our team is quite young at the moment. Um, not just players, but coaching staff as well. We've had cu- quite a couple of changes. So mm. it was really good that we were able to, to still secure the win and keep the legacy going. The, you have to admit that as the goalkeeper, you should say this, that that one goal they scored was a penalty. So it's it's not like <laughs> this. It's not really your fault, Pumalela. Mm. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm going to stop everything. But yes, I was quite disappointed. I thought we were doing well with that team sheet. Um, but again, kudos to Ghana. They really did come out firing um, and they managed to get their penalty stroke that they scored. So, yeah, kudos to them. Okay, so now you've qualified for the World Cup. But I was having a look. It's, it's a year and a week away. What do you guys do between now and then? 
No, so the guys are a year and a week away. We are oh. probably just under just under six months away. Okay. So ours is from the first until the seventeenth of July. Okay. Um, and to answer your question, what we do between now and then is really dependent on the appointments for uh, the national coach. So at the moment, mm-hmm. we have an interim coach um, in Kizondi, and Saha is looking to either continue with him till post Commonwealth Games, which is just after the World Cup, or we will be getting a new coach, but that's just dependent on the processes that Saha needs to follow still. Um, but I expect that we will, at the very least, be having training camps at least once a month. Okay, it's a busy couple of months then. World Cup straight into a Commonwealth Games? Yeah, um, and an important Commonwealth Games at that. Like, I think as South African hockey, whenever we've been to Commonwealth, um, it's always been our intention to at least get a bronze medal, um, and we're yet to be successful in that regard. So it would be really cool if it came to this time around. Um, but yeah, lots to work towards. Like I said, we are still a very, very young side. We lost three mm. crucial players at the back um, after Tokyo. So there's a lot of work to be done, but I'm quite hopeful and excited. What's it, It's going to be such an interesting couple of months, like I said, because you're going to go from a World Cup straight into a Commonwealth Games. Will, will the, the World Cup will affect you, surely, the, the, the way you're going to be at the Commonwealth Games? It definitely will. The, the tournaments are a week apart. Mm. <laughs> but um, it has always been like that for the most part. I think this 2018 one was read with was like a, a slightly bigger gap, maybe a month between the two events. Um, but this is standard procedure because obviously while um, the Commonwealth Games is a hockey tournament, the rest of the world that isn't part of the Commonwealth can't really be bothered. So they can't really um, <laughs> right. set up their calendar yes. around us. So we just need to make sure that we're managing ourselves, we fit as a fiddle throughout, so that we can carry our bodies through through the two tournaments. Okay, so World Cup, you got Netherlands, Spain, Belgium. Uh, who else was there? China, uh, India is part of the Commonwealth. China, Japan, yeah. South Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly, you've got all these big nations uh, yeah. compared to, uh, I guess, what would it be? Australia, New Zealand, England at the Commonwealth Games and Canada. Canada, oh, yeah. Right. yeah. So I, I think that's why we, we've always felt like we can get something out of the Commonwealth Games because mm. it's, there are big nations, but it's also some nations that aren't too far from us that we, that we could secure a win against. Um, so World Cup is obviously always going to be a big focus. It is an international stage. We want to always put ourselves up against the best, like against the best there is. But um, I think it'll, part of our strategy will definitely have to lie around how we are planning to manage a two tournaments and mm. get the best results that would be most meaningful. I don't know what that looks like. I haven't done the detailed <laughs> check, but I think our management's going to have a lot on their hands and we must just deliver on whatever mandate they give us. Yeah. Uh, and in Amsterdam, that's going to be fun. Or in Holland. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited. I was in Holland for secondment um, just before COVID hit. I was working that side. And mm-hmm. I had to come home early because of COVID. So I'm quite excited to go back there. So hopefully I make the team and I can explore Amsterdam a bit more. And the good news is it's only going to be played at one stadium, the way I see it. I'm having a look here. It's, uh, there's, well, it's, but they, they seem quite far apart. But you'll be, you'll be based in one place, I guess. So I actually, I'm not sure of the exact details. All we've been told thus far is that the Netherlands and Spain are hosting the tournament. 
Yes. But I don't know what the, the detail is going to look like. So I'm not sure if one group is going to play in the one venue and then the other group play in the other venue or if they're going to be traveling in between. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what that looks like. But regardless, I think it's going to be quite exciting if it's slightly right. different format than what we're used to. Let me tell you. Because I know this. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so you, two groups, two pools will okay. be based in Holland and two pools okay. will be based in Terrassa in Spain. And then the quarterfinals will be in, uh, th- there's only two stadia. There's the Wagner Stadium in Amstelveen, which is in Holland, and then the Estadio yeah. Olympic de Terrassa, which will be in Spain. So they will be traveling when you make the quarterfinals and the playoffs. Okay. That's interesting. Right. So we must just make sure we make the quarterfinals. You ha- you have to make the quarterfinals. It's just, 100%. It's, it's the rules. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah. The draw hasn't even been done yet, so it it is still a long way away. And as you said, uh, coaching up in uh, up. What do you do as a player, knowing that uh, the the backroom staff are, are still sorting out some things? <laughs> How do you manage all of that? Um, I think the biggest lesson I've learned, especially being in a, a leadership position on the side in the last year, is to really just focus on what my job is as a player. So uh-huh. um, whoever's appointed, whenever they're appointed, how they're appointed, we're going to have to take <clears throat> take ownership of what our role is. And once you get given those names, we work with that and we do the best that we can. Um, trying to control things that are completely out of our control has proven to not work as much in the past. Um, so at the moment, the message that Erin and I are sending out to the team is to just Make sure we're doing our part. Train as hard as you can. Um, do put in the hours if you need to put in, so that whoever comes in, whenever they do come in, we are now ready to go. We're not then having to start mm-hmm. from scratch to get everyone going, get everyone round up because the World Cup is literally six months away, less mm-hmm. than six months now. Um, so yeah, our, our main focus as a squad is really to just focus on ourselves as individuals, focus on our team culture, because having lost such big players. We, we need to make sure we have the right footing for that. I think we have two players that have over 100 caps and then the rest of us are on like 50, 60. And mm. people, like we had three, four debutants now at AFCON. So we are an incredibly young side. Um, and I think as soon as you start getting caught up in in things like um, when, when our coach is going to get appointed, who's getting appointed, we're going to mm. lose sight of the really important stuff. As leadership, we are obviously trying to have important conversations with Saha to try and ensure that we get information and people as soon as possible, but that it really isn't our focus at the moment. Now, talking about you, I, I had to laugh. <laughs> you, you started off by saying, make sure that you're doing your job correctly, right? That's, that's the one thing yeah. you do for Malela and Bande. But as the goalkeeper at this Cup of Nations, it doesn't look like you were very busy or you were very, very good. Um, I think my team was very, very good in defense. 19, 19 goals for, zero goals against. The only goal was the penalty in the final. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, it was a top defensive effort from, from the team. Uh, one of the goals we had set out for ourselves was to have a clean sheet at the tournament. Mm. And I think we came very, very close to doing that. Um, as the goalkeepers, Matsipo and I didn't have a lot to do. Fortunately <laughs> for us, when we did have work to do, we made sure we delivered. <laughs> You're going to take a tent to the next tournament. You can just pitch a tent at the back there and wait for the ball to come at some point. <laughs> I don't know okay. how the rest of Africa would feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
You're one of those, you see, one day I want to hear players, and I've said this before, and I want to hear it from you just one day when there's an interview. You know, boxers don't mess about. When they're asked about their opposition, they go, oh, I want to knock him out in the first round. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> but every other sport, it's like, oh, no, we take our opposition very seriously and we respect everybody. But come on, there must be a point when you, you know, you're facing Uganda. Be honest. Be honest, Pumalela. When you're up against Uganda, you're beating them 10-0, there's a point you go, well, okay, we're using this as practice. I mean, <laughs> that is the trap that you get caught in when you play teams yeah. like Uganda who maybe aren't as structured, don't have as much going for them because suddenly we feel very confident because we feel like it's a practice game. And that's when individually we want to take on. And, and ultimately, these players can play. They may not be the best players. They not, may not be the most structured teams, but they can play hockey. So if you're going to start taking people on, they're just going to put their stick down and tackle you. So, I mean, it's something we've around often, but it's, it is actually a problem, I guess, in sports in general. But, like, it's something we've struggled with as a team that when you play against the top teams, you're really able to compete and do well against them and get, like, decent uh-huh. results or decent scores. And then when you play lower-ranked teams, we struggle to then set that standard and tempo. And I think a little bit of that is, has to do with the fact that you, you maybe are a bit too relaxed, a bit too complacent. And then you sort of lose the plot and you only start playing in the second half. But that's something yeah, we're working on point. changing. Like I said, we're working on our team culture. Respect the opposition, I guess, because then they'll respect you back. Uh, there's 100%. the story story from the United Rugby Championship last week that the reason the Lions beat the Bulls is because the Bulls sent out a, a taunting video. So that just raises the opponent's games. Mm, you, you, and, and that's something we as South Africans, South Africans in sports specifically, um, are often trying to be careful of because we know what the perception is. Like, I know in the hockey fraternity that the perception might sometimes be that we think we are great. We think we're going to mm. uh, smash everyone at this tournament. Like, when I look at the final in Ghana, we, we had we had South African supporters, but it, from what I understand, it was people who are South Africans who live in Ghana. But the rest right. of the crowd, the rest of the <laughs> other countries that were playing, definitely <laughs> were not supporting South Africa. Um, and... I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, it's anything personal. It's just you want to root for the underdog. Sure. Yeah, especially yeah. a team that's won it since 1994. You want somebody else yeah. to win for a change. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, it up a let's, bit. Talk about, let's talk about the goals. Taron Glasby scoring nine of them, Lillian Duplessis five. <laughs> uh, you're, yeah. You generally don't see them on the other side of the field, but what's our attacking force looking like at the moment? I think our attacking line is probably the most exciting line in the national team at the moment. Um, we have a large pool of players to select from. Karen Jasby's, uh, she just got a 50th at the now in AFCON, and she's come to the ranks. She played SA under 21 when she was sort of the age group that was too young for the team. Like she was the only, I think, 17 year old or 16 year old. And then she played in her actual age group, SA under 21 side. And she's now leading those strikers. Um, so it's really exciting. We've got some fast paced players. Some of them are part of our biggest squad. They couldn't be part of this setup because the indoor World Cup was meant to have happened now in Feb. So mm-hmm. people like Edith Madikwe, um, Ontadila Zulu, those are really fast players who have hands and who have great shots on them. We have Ongi Mali, who was part of the squad initially, and then she had some um, COVID issues. But the point that I make is our striker line is definitely the most exciting. We've got very capable players who I think given a year or two, may start making their mark on an international stage as well, which is really, really exciting. 
it certainly is because, as you say, you, you keep reiterating it's a young side, uh, but it's but it's a young winning side, and that's you, yeah. you can't get much better than that. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Okay, so do you put your feet up for a week or two, Pamelelo, before you get into proper training again? Um, I don't know that we have room to put our feet up at the moment. <laughs> the World Cup is literally right on us. So, because we are in this, like, interim phase where we're waiting on calls from, from our um, governing body, we, as players, are just taking it upon ourselves to make sure that we do what we need to do. Pardon, I think the outfield players um, may have taken the week to rest because they did run hard. We had a 10-day camp just before as well. Sure. Um, but I've sort of just carried on with, with the program because there isn't really much time to rest. Uh, and then, how's the girls' only project going as well? Go Project underscore SA. Yeah, um, actually, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, we haven't done a lot of work uh, since mm-hmm. the year started. Um, I sort of took post Tokyo. I struggled in my individual capacity with a lot of things. I had a lot of shame attached to our performance. I struggled personally with well, like what I could have done better, and I sort of took a backseat from everything that I've. Um, sort of been involved in in the past mm-hmm. um, and it's only now like post AFCON that I'm going to start picking up on all the things that I'm involved in well, Good luck to you and <laughs> I'm sure the World Cup it's, it's, it's a busy couple of months for you guys and we'll be rooting for you uh, Just quickly, have you been able to chat to the men as well that they've qualified as well? Have you been able to have a chat with them and what they're going through? Yeah, the men's program is actually super exciting at the moment um, They have qualified for uh, through their performance in Tokyo, they've qualified for the Pro League, which is basically a professional mm. hockey league for, like, an international professional hockey league. I think the Dutch landed in South Africa today. The tournament's being held in Poch. Basically, each nation that's part of this Pro League, I think it's eight nations, each nation that's part of uh, the league travels away and plays at home um, against each of the other seven nations. And it's a great way to not only have international competition, but also gain ranking points. Um, and they, they've been fortunate enough in that they performed out at the Olympics and then through one or two teams pulling out of the tournament, their ranking points have gotten them into, into this position. And they also, after winning AFCON, have moved into 10th position in the world, which hasn't been the case in quite a while. I, I want to mm. say maybe over 15 years, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So it's very, very exciting for them. Um, and I think it just, as, as the women's team, obviously we would love to be in the same position, but more than anything, it's super inspiring for us to see that it is possible. We have the talent in South Africa. We just need to put our heads down and get it done. Excellent. And I hope you get there by plane instead of train, Pumalela. Thank you. <laughs> I've, been I've, been what? I've been reading your tweets. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Pumalela Mbande, thank you very much for joining us. South Africa hockey goalkeeper and vice captain qualifying for the World Cup, as you heard, followed directly by the the Commonwealth Games as well. They've got a tough couple of weeks ahead of them. Uh, You can follow her, by the way, on the Twitters. She doesn't have very many followers, so please follow her. Uh, P-H-U-M-Z underscore 24, at Pums underscore 24. Go along and follow her. She's uh, fascinating uh, discussions and uh, things that are going on on her Twitter page.